Hey legends, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. This is week 56. Today I sat down with uh, our very good friend, the Wizard of Oz, formerly known as Coach Cam, formerly known as Coach Cam underscore. Hello. More formally to that. Formally? For, pre- previously. Formally? Um, yeah, okay. There's nothing formal about Actually, that's why he changed, because he's less formal now. Yeah. Um, but today we sat down and we just chatted about a bunch of questions uh, the Virtus family had. Um, it was, it was pretty fun. It was quite enjoyable. Uh, yeah. Enjoy. I'm here under duress. Please, somebody come get me out of here, please. I'm serious. And if you're not here under duress, could you please uh, share, subscribe? That would be spectacular. <laughs> Segways. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. What's he said? Uh, no, he just said, hey. Oh, okay. Tell him I said, I was like, who the fuck's Lockie Edwards? I don't even know him. We started. Doesn't matter. He doesn't listen to this, and if he doesn't... If he doesn't or if he does? Well, I know he doesn't, but if he doesn't, then I'm off him anyway. But if he does, I'd like to take this opportunity to formally apologise. To um, who? To Lockie Edwards. But if he doesn't listen Edwards? to this, which I'm confident he doesn't... No, I reckon... Then it doesn't matter. I reckon you might. Well, I might send him this episode. Well, now, if you send it to him, then he's going to listen to it, and that's not fair. That's almost like... Is that's it in, cheating? That's in, is that entrapment? It's pandering. That's definitely pandering. Thank you. So... You know, spilled water all over my here, laptop. <laughs> sitting here today with my friend, Coach Cam. Hello. The Wizard of Oz. Hello. What's, uh, what's been going on in your world, apart from changing your Instagram handle? Oh, look, it was big. It was a big, a big decision. Uh, I'd been sitting on it for a few weeks, and I thought, you know what? enough's enough got to go back and just change things up a little bit but just why the coach cam is such a simple underscore. elegant coach cam underscore well it doesn't matter anymore does it it doesn't but here's here's where my my mindset was around it coach cam underscore is very formal very professional i am not very formal <laughs> or very professional i'm just not True. i like to be a goofball and i think the the Instagram handle change reflects that about me. So it's a lot, like there's still a lot of um, interesting content and I'll still drive a little bit of, you know, um, evidence-based practice and practice-based evidence, but I will do it in a, a much faster, much looser, a lot more um, so fun what, way. So what you're saying is you grew up from the Wizard of Oz into Coach Cam and you've gone, I've you know what, fuck that, yeah. I'm going back. If Peter, Pan, if Peter Pan can get away with it for however many years, why can't I? How many years did he get away with it? Oh, too many. Absolutely too many. Why were you saying, mate? What's the, what's the plan? What's the, uh, the structure for the next little bit looking like? Let's just chat, wax poetic, and answer some questions from the, the familiar. What? That's Spanish for family. Did you know that? Yeah, mate. I went to... C is... Yes, actually. So I went to... Uh, South America and they speak Spanish there because of uh, wouldn't they speak the, Spanish uh, South American yeah that, mate that's what I would have thought <laughs> but apparently they speak Spanish that's awesome. uh, something about an invasion and stuff okay that's, uh, that's for another podcast we're getting a little bit culturally uh, well, it's not insensitive because it's, it's happened it did happen yeah lots of people died 
Okay. <laughs> oh, welcome to first, the first question. Welcome to we'll the just, we'll just, uh, fucking Holocaust we'll podcast. Just, we'll just riff through a couple of questions. We'll go one one for one. I've got uh, one from uh, at country club. Uh, at, sorry, country underscore club underscore bad boy. The king. The Luke king. Daniel. Luke Daniel. <laughs> the man with the biggest nose on the pen link. Yeah, King Bonds. What a dork. I love uh, it. His question. This will be good. How do you drop an egg onto a concrete floor without cracking it? Oh, you, he actually asked that he question. He actually asked that oh, question. Oh, that's a great question. It's a great question. That's all physics, Luke. I'm a nerd when it comes to this stuff. I freaking love physics. Do you know how? How? Tell me. Oh, I don't know the exact science because <laughs> I'm not great at it. Oh, all right, okay. No, I'm a nerd, but I don't know the exact science. I'll try my best. So, um, we've got things like... Oh, well, everything is bound by energy in the world. So you've got like an object like an egg. An egg has something called like standing energy, and that's the amount of energy that that particular object requires molecularly to be kept together. Yep. Gotcha. Atoms and stuff. Atoms and stuff. Atoms and eaves. So when you take that object with its standard standing energy and then you, uh, say, elevate it, um, <laughs> let's say we elevate it to a meter, Yep. you will then incur one meter's worth of potential energy. Mm-hmm. So you've taken it away from its um, resting point on the ground gotcha. where it can't go any lower and you've elevated it a meter. Mm-hmm. And this is something they call potential energy. Potential, I can't remember the algorithms, this will challenge me, is I, I think something like weight times height, I think. So let's say that the egg weighs like a kilo, big egg, bigger chicken. And, <laughs> and then you take it a meter off the ground then I think it's something like, or let's say two meters, that's probably going to be easier. Then it's something like a potential energy of two. Yep. But if the standing energy is one, then it's going to have a deficit of one. So when you drop it from that height, the egg will break. Mm -hmm. But if it's got a standing energy of one and you take it to that potential energy limit of one, there's a fair chance that the egg won't break. Mm -hmm. But... Where it gets really fun is you can change this variable by you, you play with the potential energy. So let's say we take that egg to 100 meters. And now you've got 100 potential energy. When you drop it, we go from potential to kinetic energy. And that's where all of that energy that's been bound up by gravity trying to impose its will on the egg becomes um, based around speed. So the variable is now speed. Uh, that kinetic energy needs to be diffused somehow. And this is where it gets really fun is you've got to find ways to buffer, in this case, the egg, so that the egg, when it hits that deceleration point, which is the ground, Mm -hmm. that it has as little uh, kinetic energy as possible that it comes under its standing energy point. How do we do that? Well, there's heaps of different ways, like science experiments are really cool for this, but we did one in high school that was sick where we had like a, uh, well, you just got asked to have an egg. And you had to like drop it from, I can't remember how high, it would have been at least two meters. Had to drop for like two meters and it had to survive the fall. Now it was higher than two meters actually. It was a whole mezzanine up, so it would have been like six meters. So we had to drop it from six meters and it was sick. The person that won it um, had this really cool straw invention where they had like 12 straws and they put the straws in like crisscrossy pyramids and then they mounted the egg inside it and they dropped it. And because the straws hit the ground first and they were all pointing different directions, like think of a pyramid yeah. and then the eggs in the middle and it was a little bit protected by this cushion as well. Because the straws hit the ground, it spread the, the impact from the ground um, through the straws, but away from the egg. And the egg didn't bounce. It kind of sort of got 
absorbed by the ground. So it's um, kinetic energy was slowed down by or was reduced by the deceleration or the time extending the deceleration. That's what that's the premise of speed bags is they don't they don't shorten the impact they prolong the impact. So they say, I want you to hit the same distance, but I want it to take longer. Yeah. So that's why this straw thing was really cool. But everyone else is like making parachutes and stuff. And <laughs> like, they were just making these crude World War II-esque parachutes and just dropping them off it, which was still cool because it was still slowing it down. But because you didn't have the buffer on the egg, you just had the buffer on the kinetic energy. It wasn't bringing under its standing energy point. It was so fun. So you should do both. Yeah. <coughs> so you have to- is straw, straws and- Parachutes. Oh, someone won it with, um, they had like balloons. I'd probably just stand underneath and catch it. Yeah, that's fair. They had like balloons. Well, even then, if you don't, if your hands aren't moving when you catch it, then you haven't buffered or slowed down the deceleration point. So if your hands You're aren't moving, athlete, right? it's going to crack. But if you drop <laughs> your hands at the same speed as the egg and then slow it down, yep. then you'll stop it. Um, deceleration. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, so I can actually answer that question. Good question, Luke. Thanks. I bet Luke wasn't expecting that I could answer I'm gonna that roll, question. I'm going to roll into question two from Luke, which is... Is it the biceps it's little, one? It's a little deeper. Like, this isn't like, deep if like it's the, the biceps burn. one. What's the point of diminishing returns? <laughs> <laughs> Take a breath. Take a breath. All right, go on. <laughs> I've read it three times, so I laugh when I said it. What's the point of diminishing returns for bicep curls? Is there such thing as too much bicep training? I'm a young lanky boy who wants big arms to impress women while I wear my deep V-necks out in public. Pre- please deep provide <laughs> some advice. Discuss. The V's. Discuss. So there is a point of diminishing returns when it comes to bicep curls. And I know what you're all going to say. You're going to be like, what? You can never do enough fucking bicep curls. I'm going to explain a concept to you. I'm going to call this the biceps paradox. I'm really, really powerful about this. So I've had people make fun of my biceps forever. Rightly so. Greg is a big advocate for this. He thinks this is his favorite game. I first bonded with Greg over your small biceps. That's absolutely fair. So that led me to actually start doing some biceps. (laughs) And I started to fill out my clothes. But what I found was... I needed to get a bigger shirt and when I got a bigger shirt the sleeve was bigger and I looked smaller in it and I thought this is fucking nonsense so I had an I had an interesting little epiphany and I was like you know what you get a long sleeve top and you fill out a long sleeve top and you do more biceps and you can't get your arms in the long sleeve top to fit properly anymore you get a bigger top which means a longer sleeve which means you have a baggier sleeve which means your arms look smaller so my advice um, to this country underscore club underscore bad boy uh, is, look, you'll always be a skinny dweeb if that's how you see yourself as a skinny dweeb. Just do some biceps until you're feeling like you're feeling pretty good, until you, you fill the V-neck out, but you don't need to pop the seams because as soon as you pop seams, you've got to go a bigger shirt and everyone's going to sit there and go, you have small biceps. I just want to see a country, country club bad boy eyeball the mirror and just throw some positive affirmations his way. He needs to. You man. are strong. You have biceps. I mean, yeah, I've had it all. I've been there with big biceps and oh, I've decided, you know, I don't really want them anymore. So then I stopped training <laughs> and became a pretzel. And now I've just got regular biceps. <laughs> and now you're like kind of in the middle. Yeah. I'm the yeah. opposite. I, every morning I wake up and I do 100 curls because I, I can't face the world. I have a big complex now. I can't face the world without at least a mini pump. Yeah, that's uh, that's Greg's fault for for throwing Thanks, that Greg. complex. Thanks so much, Greg. What do you got? Um, so I actually just got a couple from... Doug that I have to read through. So before I read through those, let me quickly just stall. No, throw, and, throw them up. Let's just. All right, I'll read them as riff we go. On them. Let's riff. Um, this one from the Douglet. Uh, 
What would you suggest for people who drive two hours or more in a car and therefore are subjected to lots of sedentary behavior? Which is an awesome question. I really like it. It's a question. Yeah. Uh, I would uh, listen to probably rocky motivational montages for the whole way up. So then when you are when you get out of the car, you're just ready to move. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but in all seriousness... <coughs> I'd probably listen to the Virtus podcast so that you can get advice on how to deal with this exact problem. Yes. Certainly the first time we've spoken about it, though, so... That's okay. You've got 55 episodes to roll through first. And Podcasts then, live then then, Yeah, they do. You can just put it on repeat. If, uh, if you skip this bit, just go back and press the, uh, <laughs> the backwards 30 thingy. The little circle. What do you got for me? What do you got uh, for me? I like this. This is, well, a good this is, this is something that I, I uh, as you know, I'm quite an athlete. <laughs> is that what we're going to keep talking about? No, I don't know why. Um, this is I had, to, had, to dri- had, had to drive up to the city a couple of times a week and found myself after football training, I would be super supple, be feeling good, be ready to, ready to roll and then jump back in the car and sit there for an hour and and tighten up so my simple little hack for that uh, was a little red lacrosse ball that I used through my hips Uh, I did some self massage on top of my quads bottom of my hammies uh, bottom of my left foot didn't do it on driving foot of course that would be uh, highly illegal highly illegal Um, but I basically just used a massage ball to make sure I was nice and supple and make sure I was nice and relaxed I found when I did some <clears throat> nice cruisy diaphragmatic breathing with a nice easy podcast with the lacrosse ball I was able to get into a nice relaxed uh, parasympathetic, parasympathetic state if you will Good use of parasympathetic. Uh, and allow, it just allowed me to run <coughs> to chill out so I didn't have those toit hip flexies and uh, and rec fems and, <clears throat> and all of those bad boys once I got home I like it what would your suggestions be? Um, I am a bit different about it because I am quite proprioceptive. So for me, sitting in the car, if I can feel my hips are getting a bit tight, I can squeeze specific muscle groups for X amount of time and mm-hmm. and relieve a bit of that tension. Um, but that just comes back to, I guess, having the the knowledge on how the muscle works. muscle tonicity, yeah, muscle yep. tonicity is affected. And again, it comes back to breathing as well, having the ability to breathe and contract relax specific mm-hmm. muscles my quads give me a lot of f- uh, a lot of problems but where most people would say you need to stretch your quads I actually need to squeeze them so that I can become acutely aware of how tight they are yeah. and then send a signal to them say hey just chill out and then give my glutes and my hammies a little bit of love one of the I think I really don't uh, like sitting gets demonized and it's bad but it's also it's just a position yeah it's a position but one of the interesting so I went to Sydney with um, with Jamie Greg and Mitch and when we were, is that the shout out buzzer? <laughs> That's sick. Uh, and when Jamie and I were driving up, we were having you know a bit of a chat and we were just talking shit and we drove for about an hour and a half, I think. So from I drove from Mornington all the way to the airport, which was about let's call it sixty-five k. Let's call it seventy k's. So I drove seventy k's. And then we walked to our plane and then we got on the plane and we flew from Melbourne to Sydney. So it's another 170 K. So it's 240 Ks. Then we got in our little hire car and we drove another 20 K. So we'd gone about 250, 260 Ks. And it wasn't until we were sitting in our um, Airbnb that night, just still sort of like hanging out and talking. Jamie looked at me and said, do you know, we've traveled over 250 Ks today, but we've only walked for one of them. 
<laughs> and that was insane. I was like, man, I didn't even think of that because we sat down for the better part of a day, like eight hours of sitting essentially. Uh, even when we were sitting in the airport having a beer and just sort of talking shit. Yeah, then really we were sitting in the Airbnb and I said, oh my God, like I never even thought of it that way. Like we can travel such vast distances, mm. but actually not go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Like there's minimal locomotion. It's just all automated. Great movement. use of the word locomotion. I got that. So it's an interesting question that Doug brings up. And I think if you can become acutely aware of where your body's tight spots are and the things that you need to work on, the body's great at adapting. So when you jump in the gym or when you get home, like that's why I like the, the bretzel position and the T, the, uh, the rib grab for your T-spine stuff, because they're positions that help challenge the tight spots that most people bump into. Yep. From day to day, so you know they hit your quads, hit flexors, but it allows self awareness, body awareness around what it does, how your body actually works. Yes, so if you can become more aware of that, and you can sit there and go, "Cool, I know exactly what it feels like when my my um, the tissue around my ribs gets bound up and I can't rotate. Yep. I know what it feels like. So when I get into that position, I can breathe, and my brain can send a signal to that. That actually doesn't take a long time. Mm. That, that and can we take know what we month. need to do to change behavior. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it's just <clears throat> set yourself up in a in a uh, like you can change your environment, right? If you're sitting in a car and you've got your, uh, like Dougie sits right back with his hand on top of the steering wheel and just leans back and pumps his akadaka. Mm-hmm. Fuck, you'll love that. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I think it's just if you just mullet give, flying in mullet, the mullet flying out the window like a flag. <laughs> just give your uh, seat a couple of twisty twisties and and so it's uh, a little bit more vertical and so you're sitting on your sit bone rather than sitting right back on your. Uh, on your sacrum, mm. it's probably going to make for a little bit more activation, a little bit more core activation, so you can actually sit in a, a nice tight posture, and then that becomes the norm. And then you know we are creatures of habit. If we sit in a crap spot, um, <clears throat> then we're gonna we're gonna put our our body into weird positions. If we sit in a intentional position, um, then we're gonna move from position to position much yeah. more efficiently. The interesting thing as well is we can see someone sitting in their car and go, man, that can't be comfortable, but it is for that person comfortable. Mm-hmm. But just because it's comfortable doesn't mean that it's good for you. So you challenge someone's position and say, hey, maybe we can change this and make it better. And they go, oh, I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. Yeah. Just remember that um, a smoker stops coughing. It doesn't mean that smoking is good for you. It's the adaptation that the body makes. Yeah. So you have to be... Well, the most comfortable positions are the lazy ones where nothing's working and that's not what we want. Correct. That's, that's where you're just kind of slagging and... Or slagging? Slouching and lagging around slagging. on your... Slagging. Slouching making, making and lagging legs. on your your joints and your uh, ligaments. Yeah. Um, that's the nervous system switching off and that's bad. We don't like that. Uh, I got another one from Douglas too, actually. Oh. He's just sent me like 16 messages. Wait. Throw out, throw out a second, second Dougie question and then we'll... Uh, Oh, he's giving me two good ones. Oh, mate, we got time. Oh, this is pretty good from him, actually. This is probably the best thing he's done the last eight weeks. You ready for this? <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is pretty good. What do you want written on your tombstone? I.e., what would you like to be remembered for? I ask that question at the end of every podcast. Do you really? It's, uh, if you could be remembered in one sentence, what would it be? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm but no, no, what's yours? Well, we've already talked about I don't know if that. I've asked you Yeah, because we did it no, in I've, my I've changed a lot of que- I've changed a lot of questions. No, we definitely did it in my one. Episode 10, guys, go back in one and listen to it. It's pretty good. All right, how do you make training sessions fun? Oh, good. <clears throat> well, it, it will completely depend depending on the kind of the person you're training, mm. which, is, which is fairly obvious, but um, I... I have more fun when I'm training with people. Mm-hmm. So from a personal point of view, um, as an athlete, 
have more fun, more fun when I'm training with people. Um, and I think you have more fun if you're adapting. So it's not the initial that initial training session that you're making fun, but subsequent training sessions become more fun if you see improvement and see adaptation and see yourself lifting more and you see yourself actually achieving what you're achieving. So I think from a coach point of view, um, I think if you're actually moving the needle and actually helping the client to improve their feeling the training session and they're they're not just going through the motions that helps significantly if they're being hit with the right amount of stimulus so you're not throwing too much at them so that they don't improve and they're just sore and tired for a couple of days and we'll actually we will talk about that one in our myth busting segment later on sure um but we do want a little bit of variety so that we don't want to be doing the same shit day after day. Um, so if we can throw in some sequential sequencing rather than some block training, then uh, they're going to have a lot more fun and they're going to enjoy a little bit more. Um, but just get balls involved. Just get the, get the footies out, get the uh, basketballs out, just the, the little things that we can do um, that we're lucky enough to be able to do in our facility to be able to challenge, <coughs> challenge their movement or nervous system by incorporating skill, skill aspects of... Um, of movement uh, mm. that I would highly recommend that's good I like it that actually ties really well into one of the questions Sarah asked us about motivation Ooh, and good question. she says when there is a goal or a race it's easy to be motivated but when there isn't how do you stay motivated um, and what observe what uh, what traits do you observe in others for success Oh, that was part of Laura's question. What uh, qualities do you see in others that pave the way for them to achieve their goals? Much, like the, much the questions again. Well, let's answer the first part because it ties into what um, Doug's talking about with making sessions fun and then what you're talking about, mm. about you know getting in and getting it done. And then there's that that question from Sarah where it's, you know, when I lack the motivation, yeah, uh, it's hard to get in and get it done. But when there's a goal or a race, it's easy. What do you reckon? I was about to write my answers while you went through yours. Oh, all right. I'll, <laughs> no, no, no. I'll I think, like, first one's just community, right? Like, you get yourself around a cool bunch of people. Like, it doesn't have to be 30 people. It can be two or one. Um, but that find that person that you want to show up for mm. and who wants to show up for you. And then... Like a training buddy. Oh, you could say a training partner. Sure. Um, training partner. I or, had one of those or, ones. Yeah, yeah, I used to train. Oh, I used to train with Simon. Train with Simon? <laughs> Who? Yeah, exactly. Um, but just find find someone <laughs> or or a group of people that are that are working either towards the same goal or just want to do the work. Because I guess we're in the fortunate position as coaches where we see people at all uh, levels of the spectrum in terms of motivation. Mm, some stages. people some people are incredibly motivated because they got an event coming up. Some people are incredibly motivated because that's just who they are. Some aren't motivated even though they've got an event coming up. Some aren't motivated because they don't really know what to work towards. And I think the whole like enjoying the process and enjoying the session for what it is <coughs> is really, really important because a goal is just the accumulation of a bunch of different sessions or Correct. tasks. Correct. Um, and if we can enjoy each one of those little tasks, even when it's difficult, then that's what's going to allow us to succeed. And I think finding a person you, you like um, my second one, which is super biased, but I don't care because it's probably the best answer is find a coach because then you've got someone to report to, someone who's going to be, be in your corner the whole time, um, but someone who you can keep coming back to and, and asking for 
assistance and help and um, support and guidance while you're working towards something. And those days when you don't feel like getting up and going to the gym or you don't feel like going to footy training or soccer training or netball training or whatever it is, you've got your coach who you're holding yourself um, to. And same thing with goes with the, the training partner. I think if, you've, if you tick both those boxes, you're probably not going to fail at many things. Yeah, I agree. What do you think? Um, a similar similar mindset motivation is a funny word because motivation means that at that particular moment in time you feel like doing something yeah. so motivation <laughs> means I feel like doing it and then there's the discipline which is I need to do it anyway and I'm fortunate in that I've had discipline drilled into me for years um, however that being said her question is when there isn't how do you stay motivated the, the, que- the answer is the easy answer is you don't. You don't stay motivated. You have to take a step away and say, look, I don't feel like doing this today. And then I subjectively appraise myself and say, why don't I feel like doing this today? Is it because I'm not motivated? Yeah. If it's because I'm not motivated, then the answer is, like I go down the flow chart, should I or shouldn't I? I probably should. <laughs> the next question or the other question would be, um, I'm injured. So if I'm injured, the question would be, should I or shouldn't I? And then the answer to that is, is it going to make me sore and compromise my ability to recover tomorrow? Yeah. Because if I can't recover tomorrow, I probably shouldn't do it. If I can recover tomorrow, then I just do what I need to do and tick the boxes. Um, but the 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 trick, Sarah, is to always have a goal, and which is a really easy thing to say. But with uh, my training, I like to think. I like to think longer term. So I don't say long term, I say longer term. And the best example I can give you is like I don't cut my year into months or quarters or halves or weeks. I sort of, um, I look at an event like with Static Monster last year, that was in October. I did that event for the first time. So that was my um, sort of inaugural attempt at Static Monster. And once I'd finished it, Someone said, oh, you know, when's your next comp? And I said, I don't know, but I'm definitely going to do Static Monster again next year. So I automatically gave myself 12 months. Between that period and then this coming October, I've recently done the um, Sufferfest triathlon, which was just a sprint. But when I finished that, I looked at Coop and Bernie and I said, I'm going to do this again next year, which gave me a 12-month window to start working towards that. But from, I think that was Feb or March, Let's call it March. March yeah, between March and October, I've now got a six-month window to where I need to start working towards Static Monster. So all of a sudden, I've I've cut my year in half, but I haven't done it in a training sort of way. I've done it in an, in an event or a competitive stimulus kind of way. Yeah. Um, my strength season will start in September, and I've already got a couple of comps planned. I'm going to do the Static Monster comp again. I'm going to do Vic's Strongest, try to qualify for Arnold's, the Arnold Classic next year. Uh, and I can also do the battle for Ballarat and that, all that happens within about a three to four month period. So yep. from September through to Feb, there's four big strongman comps and there's also a powerlifting comp that uh, my coach, Jamie from Melbourne Strength Culture, I've already dinged it, wants yeah, to, we, um, we got, he got one. Yeah, wants <laughs> to um, put me in for. So in that four month period, I'll have five events. One of them I'll be doing for the second time. And then at the end of that period, there'll be Sufferfest again, which I'll yep. do that, that sprint again or maybe even a, a half marathon, I'm not sure. But the point here, here is I'm not sitting there saying, man, I've got a whole frigging year between Static Monster to Static Monster. I can just sit back and yep. relax. It's all the other things in I'm, between. Yeah, I'm giving myself little checkpoints to kind of stagger my year out. And it's it, not only does it change the stimulus in terms of like you can't train strongman and then go and compete in a 
in a triathlon because I proved that like you can't do it you can muscle your way through the water but it cooks you for the bike which cooks you for the run so there's a lot of um, really interesting and intricate methods that you need to employ to get yourself through that being said all I did was just train I didn't just train strongman but I did a lot of GPP for the triathlon and I think I performed really well for general my general physical preparation for those general physical preparation I'm the king of GPP for myself when it comes to just being generally ready and generally prepared for something I was 96 and a half kilos no I tapered I was 92 and a half kilos and I dragged my lard ass through, <laughs> you know, through a triathlon, even if it is a sprint, uh, when I'm usually based around strength. So the trick for me was it wasn't that I had goals. I just had specific checkpoints that I was going to be working towards too. And then in those events, if you give yourself eight to 12 weeks, you can actually start working your way into a semblance of good physical shape for that. Yeah without having to sit there and go, well, I've got six months for this event. Well, I can afford to take a day off here. Once you start getting a really big, busy portfolio across a year and saying, well, man, I've got 12 events to do this year and three yep. of them are endurance-based, four of them are strong man and one of them's powerlifting. Yep. You actually start to, f- to formulate a plan. That's why having a coach is so good because that's what a coach does. And you're able to help yeah. get help like, through it. Those are macro, meso and micro cycles and that's how we, well, it's how I program for individuals is I sit there and say, okay, what, you've got four races this year. What advice would you have split. for people that say wouldn't, aren't looking to compete in an event? Uh, that's the tricky one. So you've got to find either training or lifestyle related goals that are going to fit with your... So for my dad, I know that he wanted to lose like 15 kilos it, the um, the coach in me knows that's not a smart goal for him, but yep. I supported him in in the sense that I said if you start walking a little bit more yeah. uh, and eating a little bit less, you'll start losing weight mm-hmm. because that's the general premise. And he didn't need to know the science. And I just said to mum, keep feeding him, but just literally just like take a, an eighth of his portions away and put it in a container for him. Yeah. And then he can have that for lunch the next day. And he did that and it worked. Yeah. Would you believe that? Uh, so he started increasing his energy expenditure and slightly decreasing his energy intake and he made a change but the reason that it was uh, the reason that it stuck was because he started enjoying the walks because he was getting a little bit further every time and I said look just walk a K and tell me how you're feeling put up after a K and he said oh my back was a bit sore I said great give it a couple of days then walk 500 metres and tell me how it feels and he walked 500 metres and said I felt fine I said cool walk a K again and tell me how it feels he walked a K and said my back hurt so I know that there's somewhere between that 500 and that uh, 1000 metre threshold where there's something that's breaking down and I said dad all you need to do is find where you can walk and then you can back it up two days later without any pain and that was the goal for him was to find that threshold and he found it might have been around 800 metres there was this last little stint that was uphill on his 1k that was beating him up so he just cut that out. Yeah. And then he got really, really good at walking that. And I said, cool, walk that 800-meter circuit. Tell me how long it takes. Oh, it took me this much time. Cool. Let's see if you can knock 30 seconds off over, yeah. over a week. So it's giving someone just little incremental goals that challenge their, um, like their competitive side, but they're only competing against themselves. Yeah. I think that's a really effective method of helping someone that's not a, an athlete. My dad's by no means an athlete anymore, Everyone's but he's athlete. still, yeah, he's still competitive <laughs> in that sense that he wants to, like he remembers what it's like to be an athlete Yeah, and he remembers what it's like to have that competitive drive. Everyone, so. But everyone likes that sense of achievement when Love. you beat the time you hit. So yeah. Um, yeah, good, good. Next question. What do you got? Um, what was that one from Laura before? Laura, what qualities Ooh. do you see in others that pave the way for them to achieve their goals and what do you do when you find yourself off track? 
Good. Her next question's a doozy too. Good. We'll knock over that one first. What traits? <clears throat> well, I think we can be really superficial and just say discipline, inspiration, motivation, and all that kind of stuff. Um, discipline in the self, <coughs> motivation in others, and inspiration for those below. So someone, I can see someone that walks into a room, like Greg, walks into a room, he says hi to everyone, and everyone says hi back. So he inspires people to be better. Mm. He motivates them through his language. He doesn't motivate himself, and he has the discipline to rock up and do it every day. So he has the discipline of himself. He motivates others to be better, and he inspires those below him to be as good as they can be so that they can lift with him. Good. So if you're going to use those three traits, like surface traits, then yeah, if, yeah. if you want to be a better person, then it, it starts with being a better person for people around you. That's good. It's really good. I think like God, from, I think. A, from a goal point of view, just consistency. Consistency, like, show up. If you sh- like show up, <clears throat> if you move your needle even tiny little bit, it all adds up. And I think it's anyone that achieves consistently understands inherently that achievement is just showing up and doing your best and doing doing well like um doing your best is like a you know it's got a bit of a well the word best makes people think i've got to i've got to be the best or i've got to do the the best than everyone else but it just means you've got to show up and give what you can give to the project yeah and i think if you're one of those people that struggles to see the improvement and see the progress and find a way to measure where you're at mm. because so many Become people will improve and they'll, they'll move forward but then you know six weeks down the track because they haven't changed heaps and they can't actually tell that they've changed because they ha- didn't measure where they were at the start mm. they don't actually allow themselves that uh, sense of gratitude for themselves for putting in the work and that appreciation for putting in the work and that yeah. sense of achievement because well yes they've achieved something they've improved but they haven't measured where they're at orientation is so important for that um, I mean it's easy as a strength coach because you can just use metrics like strength where uh, someone comes to me and says oh I lifted 80 kilos for 5 last week and then they come and they say I lifted 85 kilos for 5 this week Yeah, I can look at them and say do you think you got stronger this week even if they say I don't feel it mm. that doesn't matter what you feel here's what's on paper you on paper objectively have gotten stronger and that's going to make them feel good absolutely has and they're to they're going to want to keep coming back absolutely has to what do you do when you find yourself off track? This is a little bit with what we were talking about with Sarah. You've got yeah. to find those allies. <clears throat> yeah, like lean, lean on the people around you. Like I, I find myself off track with training a lot now. Um, I've, I guess been in an environment where I just had to show up, train, repeat all week, all year. Um, and now that I'm not in that environment, I'm bringing other people through our environment, but I've I'm always the first, like my training is always the first one to go. Mm. Um, and I think when I'm able coach's to, paradox. yeah, it's the coach's paradox, right? When like a, a plumber always has leaky, leaky taps and, and stuff like that. Like it's, it's allowing yourself time for you and being self-aware. So for me, it's self-awareness to know that, okay, where am I at? What are my goals? And then it's okay. Who can help me with that? So my, Goal this year is really really simple: play good footy and win a flag. Objective, yeah, because we because we win the flag. Yeah, because you the goal, is, the goal is, to, is to win the flag. So I know that from a <clears throat> from a year long point of view, we've just got to win more games than we lose and get to the finals and then win those those ones. From a week to week point of view, I know that I need to get out at least one night of footy training and probably two strength sessions as a minimum for me. 
<clears throat> and making sure that I hit seven hours sleep so that I'm recovering from those sessions and the long days of work. And I had a little hammy injury a couple of weeks ago because I had a week where I was working too much and didn't sleep and sleep enough. Like there were probably a bunch of factors, but the sleep one was probably the big, big one that was really obvious. So I let my allies like got around, like you got around me, Greg got around me to help me with my first treatment and then training to actually allow me to start, you know, spinning my wheels again and getting everything moving. Um, and I think it's a really, really simple one is just find people who want to see you succeed. Yeah. And if you're surrounding yourself with people that don't want to see you succeed, find new people. I agree. Hmm. Really, really simple. I agree. Coming back to that point where you said, um, like having the simple goal of winning a flag, we see it as a simple goal, but let me sort of break into why it's a simple, because if, you know, if you were to ask my mum, hey, can you go win a flag for YC <laughs> next year? She's going to go, that's not an easy goal. Yeah. But when you're in the environment, you understand that the easy goal is the goal that you can say, yes or no, I achieved. There's no ums, ifs, or maybes. It's not a, oh, we got seven out of 10. It's a one or a zero. Like, yep, we did it, or yep. no, we didn't. Yeah. I do the same thing. So this comes back to what Sarah was talking about. I do the same thing when it comes to my um, my my comp stages and my training stages in terms of staying, for want of a better word, motivated, is that when I break my year up and I have those events coming, that's the goal. And then the goal is to work backwards from there and create not smaller goals, but checkpoints along the way. And if I create those checkpoints, they become a roadmap. And every time I tick off one of those checkpoints, I know that I'm on the road or I'm at least on the path to put myself in a good position to achieve that goal. So when you say, um, I want to, what's an example? Like, um, my strength season starts in September. So if I want the, to put myself in the best position I can to come into September, um, strong for want of a better word before I start building strength again I know that I need to survive literally survive winter and not lose any strength gains maybe make some incremental gains so for me programming in winter is based around uh, maybe 20 to 30 percent strength 40 percent movement and 30 percent 30 to 40 percent of um, conditioning because I can't I can't afford to put any excessive weight on and I can't afford to lose any strength so that when September comes around the weather starts to warm up a bit I can come into my first sort of strength block and feel confident that my body is going to be able to do what it needs to do but if I sit back and think fuck you know I've got to do all of this strength work between now and September and then start preparing my body's not going to want to do it and that's one of the things I've been struggling with um, with Jamie's help with this powerlifting comp is that I just can't lift in winter my body doesn't respond well to the cold so it's let's taper some of that strength back thank you let's taper some of that strength back and focus on dialing in the movement patterns and then getting the body to just move around and stay warm yeah that way when september comes i haven't been doing nothing for four months and just sort of staying rugged up and then starting from um zero kilometers per hour i've at least been sort of cruising at maybe 30 or 40 kilometers an hour now it's time to get on the freeway and open up yeah I think finding ways to um, to gain momentum and keep adding momentum yeah. to what you're doing, like from a momentum a, doesn't have to be I fast. Guess a, a ma- yeah, a macro point of like a macro look at like a year, like say football, like football players, basketball players, anyone that plays a season, will have a six seven week period post season where they don't where a lot of them don't really do anything the off season, and 
the biggest issue with that is people just stop. Yeah, they just and do they, nothing. They do nothing for seven weeks. So you so you basically detrain all of the work you put in for the last couple of years or twelve months or however long it's been since you last had your off season. Detrain to a point where they start a start a preseason and they just get smashed. Yeah. And they expect to just be back at where they were. Yeah. And I think the biggest like I guess life hack is just to not stop. Is just to allow yourself a couple of weeks of um, like an easy training load and to ease back, e- ease into a, a rest period, but never stop moving. Mm-hmm. And that allows you to each season build on momentum, build on momentum, build on momentum. Um, and you hear about like AFL players who are playing really well. Oh yeah, he came back really fit in October. And it's just because he didn't stop. He yeah. just kept, kept, kept putting in the He's work. He's fit relative to everyone that stopped. Exactly. Um, so like your, the, the best example for those would be Gary Ablett, Scott Pendlebury, like players that are always making other players look slow. Byron Barry. Byron Barry, sure. So he's the king. So <laughs> those players, they don't just go and smash themselves for six weeks. Yeah. They might take their training load from five days a week to two or three days a week, enjoy some sleep-ins, mm-hmm. but they're still just Doing ticking the, the boxes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not like they're working hard, but for every single person that doesn't put in the work or just stops, they make them look slow. 100%. When training comes back and the yeah. coach goes, far out, such and such looks good. Like, you know, Byron looks good <laughs> because Byron always looks good. And, and that ability to create momentum happens from a micro point of view as well. Yeah, like, did you have your seven hours sleep? Did you have four liters of water today? Did you yeah. did you move for half an hour? Did you do your mobs? Did you eat your three full meals? Like, Let's actually did, talk about that yeah, too because that's, that's our minimum system um, yeah. that I like to implement with all my people. So here's a question you need to ask yourself. Did I today drink a minimum of two liters of water? Two liters is not much, no. but in the grand scheme, like this is a minimum. We actually need to drink more, but you ask 100 people and you're well I've done it on Instagram I've put a little poll up yeah. and it was amazing 70, How many people aren't 70% of the people weren't drinking a minimum of two liters of water I was like holy shit um, food have you had three whole meals today I don't care what size they are, I don't care I don't even care if it's fucking Maccas mm. I need to know if you've had three whole meals have you eaten yeah. have you eaten something have you gotten some sleep have you gotten seven hours sleep minimum mm. and then have you done 30 to 45 minutes of just movement. light movement exercise yeah. have you gone for a walk if you aren't ticking those four very very simple boxes then you're leaving gains on the table before we even need to worry about doing strength training yeah. um, if you can't maintain those minimums in an off season or even when it's too cold and it's too wet to go and do anything then those are where you need to start looking um, in terms of because that's really simple discipline like yep. that's not hard stuff it's, it's just simple, simple discipline things. that pays really big dividends later down but everyone but everyone looks for the magic bullet right yeah, like course. if all we need to do is do those things daily consistently like over and over and over and over again and you'll get to where you want to get to and then the improvements you make <clears throat> are built off all of those months and years of doing the doing your minimums yeah um, rather than trying to do it all at once which yeah. we all get stuck into it like it's human nature to want things quicker than absolutely we get, but, but uh, more and more people are wasting time because things are getting more efficient mm-hmm. and my biggest bugbear is when someone says i don't have time like we've talked about this before <laughs> but mum is a big one for this where she says i don't have time and i would so an example would be Come like on. 
Come on, Sue. An example would be like, hey, Lockie, I'm going to give you this pill. This pill gives you a minimum of two liters of water, three meals a day, seven hours sleep, and 30 to 45 minutes of exercise per day. Do you want it? And you'll go, yeah, that sounds amazing. My minimums are ticked off and it takes me five seconds. Great. Now you've got another three hours to do fuck all for the rest of the day because that's what you were already yeah, doing. You were doing exactly. fuck all. You haven't learned anything. You've actually just made yourself worse. Because no, you spent more time doing nothing. Spent more time doing nothing. Yeah. So you've got to really sit down and have a serious conversation with yourself and go, is it so hard for me to sit down and, mm. and track whether or not I'm drinking enough water? Go buy a two liter bottle and drink it. Yeah. If the two liter bottle has gone, there's your little goal See at the end of the day. Do. It's a yes or a no. Um, I need to have three meals. Some people say I can't afford, or I haven't got the time to cook. Look, one, that's bullshit. But two, fine. If you can't cook, you go to Safeway and you go to their fresh food section and you buy a salad bowl and then you grab a can of chair and you chuck it in. If and that doesn't take you done. more than five minutes, yeah. that ticks off the things that you need to tick off. Or you ask your mate, Coach Cam, to get you some sushi. And he'll do it. You know, thanks, He's a good thanks, guy. Mate. You're very welcome. <laughs> um, and then for the walking, like if you can't find 30 minutes just to go for a walk, like what are you doing with yeah, your life? I because I, I feel well, sorry for you. It's a priority thing, right? Like it's, I don't have any time. And I'm like, I was thinking about it. Like I need to get in. I'm, I'm trying to hit a half an hour um, nature walk or outside walk. Um, on the grass, ideally, amongst trees every day. And I was like, oh, shit, when am I going to get my walk in? And I'm just looking at the time. Yeah, I'll make it happen. Like, it'll you work. Got it. Like, look, I'll, be, I'll be first to admit that I'm not the best at my minimums because I very often, um, like on the weekend, on Sunday, on Sunday or on Saturday, Saturday I sat on the couch all day and just played Xbox, watched a couple of movies and hung out with butters. Like, that was... That was all day. That was my whole Saturday. <laughs> and I had some dominoes. Oh, that's Laura's next question. I had some dominoes. And I sat there and thought, man, I've been a piece of shit today. I need to do something tomorrow. But um, at least I was acutely aware. Like, you know, I didn't sit there and go, oh, well, you know, another Saturday. I sat there and went, man, this was not a good Saturday for me. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I had yeah. a lot of fun. But I still needed to get up and do some movement. And my hips were really sore at the end yeah. of the day. <clears throat> and like some days, that's what you'll need. But then being aware of, okay, I need to make sure that I do some hip moves or I do some a little bit of movement to ease off the day like it's a long long day um if you spend it doing absolutely nothing like it doesn't take much to do a three minute like a three minute get up and and get moving or um to just go outside and get some fresh air or like one of the things i try and do rather than driving somewhere is i try and walk to the shops um, if I need some food or or just find those those really simple things because you can still enjoy a whole day on the couch and hit those two or three minimums uh, by being a little bit more mindful. Like I was half asleep watching <coughs> the Collingwood absolutely demolish the demons yesterday and then three-quarter time like, okay, I've got to get up and do um, and bring the washing in. Like it was just something I had to do. Otherwise, KP would have been upset. Of course. Um, but I did it and like I felt better afterwards. Shout out to KP. Shout out to KP. Um, and I think like you always feel better when you do the things you know you should do and it's really really easy because we're not really accountable to anyone except for ourselves um, with our minimums but like you know you're the only person that's going to look after you for the rest of your life so you know it's really easy once we start hitting our minimums missing our minimums becomes really difficult because we have gathered that momentum and built that momentum and we're actually moving forward um, and much, much more likely to succeed because we're used to succeeding. Success, I'm a you know, big believer that positivity breeds positivity and success breeds success. 
And if you are in a successful environment, then you're probably going to be successful. Yeah. Um, if you're in a positive environment, then you're probably going to be positive. If you surround yourself with people that are whinging and upset at the world and angry at the way things are, then you're probably going to be whingy and upset at the world and angry at the way things are. That's fair. Simple one. What else you got? Um, another Laura question, was it? Yeah. How many times is it acceptable to eat Domino's per week? Well, we should have three square meals a day. There's seven days a week. 21. Absolutely. Absolutely. 21. Acceptable. Depends. I don't understand. How, how do we measure acceptable? Why? why what, what I haven't had Domino's like. in a long time. I'll tell you what. I had Domino's in the week. It was really good. <laughs> and, and not in the sense that it was great pizza. It just hits the spot. Um, honestly, Laura, I will have Domino's until it becomes a hazard to my health. <laughs> and at this stage, it's definitely not a hazard. I love Domino's. Shout out to Domino's. Um, no, this is another question. It's really good. What is a great piece of advice slash a quote slash an article slash a video that has a profound Ooh. impact on you that you would recommend to others? Why slash how question mark? Lots of uh, bits of that question. So <coughs> there was, what was it? Quote? Advice, quote, article, video. Advi- I think she's asking I'm gonna for try one of each. I'm going to go one of each. Yeah, yeah go for Advice, it. Greg Day, stop, take a breath have a look at how far you've come good and I think that's really important to actually see improvement rather than sure. like getting stuck in the rat race of needing more and needing more and needing more uh, what's the second one a quote a quote a quote uh, you have to be happy with where you are now while striving for more tomorrow yeah um, that one's uh, just simple like I, I, th- I think I spoke about it in last week's podcast with Paige which was actually about two hours ago oh um, the magic of podcast <laughs> magic of podcasting um, but it was like I think that, that's really simple for me it's just I, I want to love every minute of what I do day to day like I don't I know there's going to be hard times I know there's going to be struggle I know there's going to be stuff that I'm not going to love but like I love what, rocking up to work every day and hearing Cam sing Celine, Celine Dion and um, you know you'd be the only one Mitchie doing very very little and, and Coop being Coop and Jess being like that's the best whatever it is she's talking about being the best at that particular time but I think it's just find an environment and a place where you love to be and that happiness will come um, what's the next one? Uh, a video that has had a profound impact oh a video one of the <clears throat> it's actually it's a little obscure um but there's a guy called Chris Backer, I think. Um, he's a he's a coffee dude, but that runs his own business. But he's a really cool, I don't know, just really cool energy. Kind of like reminds me of Gary V a little bit. But the Gary V stuff, like Gary V is awesome. But you know, we can let's start talking about someone else. Um, Chris Backer. Who's Gary V? <laughs> Chris Backer's got a couple of really cool videos. Um, <laughs> that are very similar to Casey Neistat, um, just the way they're produced and the way they're... <laughs> no <fucking> idea. <laughs> Look at me. Oh, you can't say you can't say it, guys, but I'm shrugging and just looking anyway, at very um, so, non-plus. So the Chris Backer video, I can't remember what it's called. I think... Oh, let me try and find it. It is... Uh, it's called How to Build a Career in the Coffee Industry. Like, cool. it's a two-minute video... Um, super, super cool. Um, it's more, it's not just about coffee, it's about life. Uh, Tommy T shared it, get around him. Um, and I think that's just, like little videos like that, they just give me a kick up the bum to remind me that I'm doing a good job or to remind me that I'm on the right path or that I lo- like love doing what I'm doing and all those kind of things. Um, yeah, they're really cool. Casey Neistat, sure you know who that is. No idea. No? Genuinely? Yeah, genuinely. Yeah, cool. Um, 
YouTuber who's done, he's got some really cool videos. Do What You Can't is probably one of my favorite one of his. Um, and it's just, yeah, just a really short, like, you know, fuck the naysayers kind of video. That's fair. Would highly recommend it. Do What You Can't, Casey Neistat. Um, he's got a couple hours. There's a Make It Count one. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, what was next? That was it. Yeah. That was and a book I just read. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get a podcast and book. Yeah. <clears throat> um, a book I just read was Shoe Dog, uh, which is the story of Phil Knight, the, the founder Nike of Nike. Nike. Sure. Um, yes, it's Nike. Um, just a just one that kind of is a reminder about how often you have to fail before you succeed, or how you continue to fail as you, as you succeed. There's always failure, and there's always uncertainty, and there's always like fear that you're going to lose it all, and things like that. And <clears throat> to have someone who who runs a company that's that big, um, that is now that big, to hit he- to hear about how he got there, it's and all of the failures and seemingly failures and stuff that happened on the on the way up is pretty cool. Um, and I'll go, I don't know, I listen to heaps of podcasts. Verse performance one's pretty pretty cool sometimes. Oh, but the main but the main one to stay on that same kind of vein. It's called How I Built This. It's just um, uh, Guy Raz interviews different founders of different companies and, and the stories are all the same it's just like I wasn't sure if we were going to be open next month and you know the bills are stacking up I didn't know what I was going to do you know like there were all these staff issues and I didn't know how to fix it or we had these production issues or like just there's so many different roadblocks that come to people trying to achieve wonderful things and their ability to stay the course be consistent keep showing up and try their best like shows that there's no such thing as an overnight success so I don't know they're, they're mine what are yours um, a great piece of advice or so I've had so many would be from my old pal Murray and Mark from back in the day Lads. when uh, yeah when double yeah when Murray said to me uh, about a girl that I was very interested in he said uh, oh man I'm going to butcher it he said if he watches it go back to episode 10 is it in episode 10 I think so oh cool he said just be careful um, you give you know a girl your heart because they can kind of like just break it and then Mark was there and Mark said yeah but don't forget that guys are very good at doing that too and I was like you know what I saw from two from two different perspectives the same same piece of advice same piece of advice you know like what what you do matters to someone somewhere at some time. So you've always got to be mindful of your actions, um, which led me to kind of uh, develop my pure heart rule, where you try to you try to do the right thing by yourself, but you don't you, you do it so that it doesn't hurt anyone else. And you know, Lord knows I've done so much against that that rule, but I always try to come back to the pure heart rule. Uh, what's the other one? A quote. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I've got a whole folder full of quotes, don't I, Reese Bailey? Uh, what's one that I can steal from Reese? Um, oh, you know, I'm just going to quickly go to my quotes folder because I put down every <laughs> single quote that Reese ever throws out at me, and I think they're so funny. Some of them are really funny, then I'll give you a good one. Um, Butters, yeah. Uh, you <laughs> you ca- genuinely do. Yeah, yeah, this one's great. Give us your top three. Oh, well, this one's not my top three, but this one's one of Butters and I were watching a show, and then it came up, and he looked at me, he's like, you got to put that in your folder? And I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. You can't hold the tide back with a broom. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just been waiting for me to put it in an Instagram post. <laughs> That's good. Um, 
my top three. I couldn't give you top threes. I've got too many, but here's one that I came across a couple <laughs> of me- a weeks ago that I really like. Sometimes a hypocrite is no more than a human in the process of changing. Ooh, I like that. Was yeah. that butters? No, that was that was not butters. <laughs> but I really really like that. Um, no, I heard that. I actually heard that in a. Uh, was it an interview with someone on the radio yeah. I didn't get their name because it was the end of the yeah. thing and I'm like that's man amazing. that's really really cool I really liked it um, so that's one uh, how what else I got oh, Bruce Lee I was planning on being a star I think I'll be a legend instead that's awesome that's just classic Bruce Lee Self-praise. so arrogant I love it uh, okay let me find let me find uh, one of my favourites because I've got them starred a fool, someone who disagrees with information because it disagrees with desire. No, someone who ignores information because it disagrees with desired results. Ooh. Yeah. This folder, man, I'll tell you what, it's, it's really fun. Uh, as I fear not a child with a weapon he cannot lift, I shall never fear the mind of a man who does not think. You guys can purchase uh, Cam's quote book for nine ninety nine on the Vettis Performance. That's 999 guys. I don't want to get 999 Zimbabwean dollars. Uh, this one's a great one as well. What separates the heroes from the villains? Is it really one speech in the night? Ooh. I know. It's so That's good. Good, it's um, it's okay. good. I could just I could just keep going. Uh, an article. Now, I actually have this article. Oh, is there an article on my one? phone? Yep. This is my favourite ever article, and I read it at least once a month. How I learned to love my body as a female athlete. Society can no longer tell me what is and isn't beautiful by Victoria Garrick. And Greg shared this a really long time ago, and it moved me to tears. I'm going to put a post. I'm going to put a link up in the verse, fam. Yeah. It is that friggin' good. This girl went through the ringer. Um, she was an American volleyball athlete, and she went through the ringer uh, to conform to a standard that was projected on her by her um, peers and her teammates. I'm getting a little misty thinking about it now, uh, and also the the coaching staff she's a beautiful girl like she's very very attractive but she's also um very tall so um anthropomorphically anthropomorphically she's great use of whatever she's very very challenged in terms of what she can and can't do with her body but she's great at volleyball but that meant that she needed to sort of like there was aspects in this where they were saying you need to put on some weight because you're too skinny and then they, you need to lose weight because you and it just it really breaks my heart to think that this is still something that people are um, pushing in something like sport where you, you play it because you enjoy it and then you become good at it and you get asked to play at a high level like yep. no one deserves to be subjected to things that this poor girl was subjected to but then she came out and she wrote this article and it was fucking awesome so I'll put that up for you that's cool I've got an article for you hit me uh, <clears throat> it's uh, so Benjamin Hardy's uh, an author on Medium. He's also written a book called... Hate him. I hate him. Willpower Doesn't Work. No, I can't um, stand him. He's... The article that's really, really cool, it's a way to make sure that everything you do is coming back to your why or coming back to the one thing you want to be working on. It's. I think the article's called This One Question Will Make Every Decision in Your Life Easier. Um, and it's based on the British rowing team from... Um, the Sydney Olympics I think around around that time and basically every question they asked themselves in their preparation the four years up to the Olympics was will it, will it make the boat go faster I like that so every everything will it make the boat go faster no matter what um, 
you know, no matter what it was, whether it was something training, something nutritionally, whatever, yeah. will it make the product go faster? That comes back to the goal. Yes or no? Will exactly. I make this make yeah. this goal become this more better? Yeah. yeah, I like it a lot. Very cool. What else you got? Um, a video. I mean, so many that I've watched over the years. I just don't buy into videos much anymore. Um, but one of the ones that really changed what I thought about the industry I'm in now is something from Elliot Hulse that was just. It was one of his like you know marketing bullshit videos, but I watched it. And I'm like, man, you know, he's he's not dumb. He's actually pretty smart, and uh, he's very deep into philosophy and and um, psychology. And I've always been you know, interested in that stuff. So yeah, it was a cool video. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. I never saved it or anything like that. Uh, then there was the book. Did you say there was a book and a podcast? Uh, yeah, book. Yeah, book and podcast. Um, I don't really listen to many podcasts anymore. I listen to a lot of ebooks, like yep. audio books, but. Yep. They're not even. They're just like fantasy fiction audio audiobooks. Um, but a book that I've read that has made a big change on me was A Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. I freaking love that book. Um, what else? Hmm. I can't think of a podcast. I mean, you know, there's the Tim Ferriss show, which I, which has some interesting things in it from time yeah. to time. Depends who he's interviewing, I think. Yeah, um, and depends on how deep into a bottle of red ears. <laughs> uh, you know, I like the Joe Rogan experiment from time to time, but it's so dense. Experience. Uh, experience, whatever, <laughs> yeah. It's so dense that I'm not, I can't say I'm a big fan of yeah. it. I just like, I'll listen to something that someone recommends me. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? No, that's, I'm honestly not a big podcast guy unless it's something funny. It's hard to listen to yourself talk when you're uh, listening to a podcast. That's absolutely fair. Unless it's this podcast. Then I can You're going to listen to this all the time. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand the way my voice sounds uh, on these things. All right. And yeah. This is, um, Goodbye, gonna, this is a question from Jamie Genion. Shout out. JJ. Hello. Good. Ding. Let me move this um, just a yeah, little closer. Yeah, bring it closer. Um, I'm going to tweak the question a little bit. <coughs> right. what, are, what are three things you can do as a daily practice to improve your quality of your life oh easy drink two liters of water minimum a day have three meals and go for 30 to 45 minutes of um, movement and here's why I didn't even say anything about sleep yep. if you hit those three things it will help you sleep better good but if you just focus on the sleep and neglect all the others you will build a castle on sand ooh good I like that and that is no good hit me your three play for half an hour Yours will be something lame like show up, smile, and make a difference. Nah, I stopped saying that last or, podcast. Or never make a, never miss a Monday or something. Yeah, never miss a Monday is a good one though. It's good. Um, I think f- play, like find something that's not like this pattern that's interrupting in your day that's yeah. not work. So like this morning, I played with Jed for half an hour, um, just piss fun around. The other day we played handball for twenty minutes. Like, um, yeah, played Xbox with Greg the other day. Just little things that like physical ideally but if it's not do something different um, consume or create a new piece of content so whether it's have a conversation like this or write a blog post or watch a new video or something um, third one I'm trying to think of something that's not just stock standard answer um, connect with someone either through like face to face actual proper communication or call someone you haven't spoken to in a while um, yeah, sure. they're awesome. Jamie's actual question was, what can you do daily to improve your, your diaphragmatic breathing and overall breathing mechanics? Um, put your feet up on a bed or a box or a couch yep. and work on your pelvic spine and rib positions and then just breathe in your belly. 
Good. Because the more you do it, the better you get at feeling the positions, and eventually it just becomes a, a habit. Good. If you're a TV watcher, do it during the ads. If you're driving the car, do it while you're sitting in lights or something. <laughs> what? Just put your feet up. <laughs> Not your feet up. <laughs> Definitely jump out of the car and put your feet up on the seat, lay on the ground. Um, here's a bit of unsolicited advice as well. Going back onto those that um, last point that you made about yep. you know giving someone a call. Ring your parents and or even send them a text and tell them how much you love them because mm. holy shit, I did that because again, Jamie Smith, good from you. Good from him. Um, we were having a conversation about that in Sydney and it made me realize that I actually hadn't spoken to my parents in over two weeks. Mm. I thought far out, like they'd love to know that I'm in Sydney doing something that I'm really, really loving. Yeah. And it came off the back of, uh, I can't remember how it came up, but I think it was something along the lines of someone passed away and they hadn't spoken to their father in ages. I thought, man, like time flies. Yeah. And the people that aren't in your, in your eye line, they get neglected. It's unfortunate. It's not intentional, but when you move yeah. out of home, your parents aren't in your eye line all the time and they're just people that you don't have conversations with. So we're going to stop the podcast in the next 30 seconds. Text your mum or your dad. I've already done. Good. I'm not a piece of shit. <laughs> but yeah, so while Lockie texts, not, um, that's something I want you guys to think about is when was the last time you texted? And if you, if you live at home, like that's awesome. Just tell your parents that you love them, something small. But when was the last time you texted a friend? And don't don't give yourself that bullshit. We're like, well, they don't text me. Like just remember oh, that they're that just so as much. forgetful as yeah. you are because you're not in their eye line. It doesn't mean they don't care. It just means that they've got things on their plate that they need to take care of in order for them to navigate the world so just because someone doesn't message you doesn't oh, mean think, they don't I think that's like. um i think that's huge like don't be that guy that's just like oh they don't they, they never message me so what's the yeah, point like it's frustrating. i think it's a really yeah that, it, it bugs me a lot why um, would you want to sell yourself short like what this when there's this big um new cultural shift now where girls are like well if he doesn't text me i'm not going to text him if I and then if, if you text them too much and the girl's like well they text me too much <laughs> here's the thing if if you like to message someone and you like to talk to someone you like to be um, very forward in conversation and direct then do that because that's you yeah why would you want to hold yourself back from someone because you're afraid they can't handle it yeah you will when you were saying before like success breeds success guess what personality breeds personality and you will find someone that is drawn to your personality yeah. if you allow yourself to be you yeah that's why when I come to the gym, I'm always a dickhead. I'm a goofball. That's me. Yeah. When I go home, I'm relaxed and I'm chilled because yeah. I get it all out of the gym. When I hang out with Butters, Butters gets to see like the really chilled, cruisy me. We still have our fun. Yeah. When I'm at the gym, I'm the highly charged, energetic person. I want people to see these aspects of me, not because I'm putting them on. It's me. That's you. That's yeah. actually me. And I'm a pest and I know yeah. it, but I love it. And yeah. I'm hoping that someone out there one day turn around and go, man, like that Wizard of Oz guy, that Coach Cam <laughs> underscore guy, I, I freaking love the way he does those things and yeah like that's why we want to do those things so yeah yeah. if you Don't, want to text someone fucking text them yeah. if you want to text them 60 times they might pull a restraining order but guess what they're not the person for you you know like yeah and I think that that's it like <clears throat> I've got friends that like we almost solely when we don't see each other communicate via text and it might be short texts but like I know that like that's our relationship and I'm like, yeah, like I'm okay something. with it there's no need to force something that's not but you know if you go, oh, I really should talk to that person. Stop what you're doing. Fucking text and do it. Them, yeah. message them. And just do it. Like do what you feel. I got a question. The cool feelings, not thinkings. A question from Coop. From Coop. Who's Coop? I don't know. He doesn't even go here. Simon Cooper with three O's on Instagram. If anyone wants to follow him. <laughs> <laughs> three O's. Get around. Him. Get 
um, who is someone? So, who is someone you look up to in the fitness SNC industry? Me. Yeah. I mean, Greg's number one, even though yeah. he's not like he's still in the industry. No stuff, but he's still in yeah, the industry. Of course he is. He's not a strength conditioning coach, but he's in the strength conditioning industry. I look up to Greg a lot. He's in the performance industry. Yeah, because he has a lot of patience and a lot of time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Lockie Wilmot, who's at the Parramatta Eels, he's the head of the SNC. Very yeah. smart guy. He's got a lot of time for me as well. Asks. Um, I ask him a lot of questions and he's always got um, short, terse replies that normally end with, would you piss off? But he's always got the time for me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Lockie Wilmot's a really good guy. Uh, Ron McKeefery as well because he's had a lot of time I look up to him because he's he's got time for everyone, but he's just so passionate about it. He just wants this industry to be better. Like, like you can feel it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In a room with with Big Ron, it's it's infectious. Mm. You can't help but feel like you want to make a big change. Second part of that question, who do you look up to who's outside the industry? Um, probably at this stage my biggest uh, my biggest idol or my biggest inspiration would be, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cheesy, but it is going to be my parents because they bust ass. And especially my daddy's been battling with some stuff, but he busts ass. Um, he like when I'm having a tough day I think fuck it you know dad's having a tough life so I might as well just get out of bed in the morning <laughs> yeah um, who else definitely you know Murray Peel another big shout out Murray Peel caught up with a coffee for a coffee with him the other day and had a couple of tears very nice uh, had some had some laughs but he's he's the kind of guy that um, no time has passed in the last seven years since we saw each other it's cool uh, longer actually nearly eight years since we saw each other and we haven't missed a stride we just we just fell straight back into our old sort of comfortability with each other and yeah he made me feel really good about the decisions I've made between then and now um, in fact one of the things he said to me was I'm hearing a lot of good things about you Elliot and it's he said it's a big change from you know eight nine That's years cool. ago when I used to hear your name a lot, but it was sometimes it was pretty ordinary. Yeah. And he said, you know, like it's good to hear a lot of really positive things coming out of uh, a lot of great people's mouths that he knows. So in his industry, which is really cool, um, that made me feel pretty good. But yeah, Mark and Murray, they're just two guys that I can always just give them a, a message, and they're always ready to have a coffee and mm. realign my chakras, my rudder, my chakras. Shout out to Paige. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, oh my! I think SNC is kind of a weird one for me. Like, if you asked me five years ago, I would have had a list of names that I look up to regularly and consume content from regularly. But now, like, the people I look up to are the people that I go to work with every day. As as uh, lame as that is, like, Greg's an obvious one. I said to him the other, oh, it might have been a little bit while ago now, but I just said like, you are the kind of person that just gets how the world works. And he's just okay with the way the world works. Yeah. And he just does his best in the in that performance bandwidth. Yeah. Always got time for us, like always knows the right thing to say and, and always knows how to make what we do better. Um, Greg's biggest asset, and I know I make fun of him for this, but Greg's biggest asset is his age. Yeah. Like he, he, he hangs around with us and it's obvious that he's the most mature in the room, but not because of his... Um, personality but because mm. of his experience yeah like he's seen the world he just gets over 12 and he's done it in so many different countries yeah, like he just yeah he's able to 
change behaviour quickly and efficiently. Yeah. Um, Mitch, because he's like at the opposite end of Greg, he's so fresh, but he's just learning, go and doing, hustling and hustling. Little hustler. Um, Jess, because she's about to like she's starting to dive into coaching again. I can see the passion she has for coaching. Um, Katie, because she's just just been like smashing herself to get this exercise physiology degree and I'm so excited for her to actually be done done. she'll be done by the time this is out which is cool that's sick Um, and you because you just want to make the people around you better it's very simple Um, from a outside the industry point of view um, if we go like big worldwide someone that everyone knows um, Richard Branson someone that I just I just like the cut of his jib yeah. he's just everything he does is just super cool the yeah. way he does he's it he's a very cool cat yeah I, like I've read <clears throat> I've always been like a fan but not like he wouldn't have been in the top 10 people I think of but I just finished maybe a couple of weeks ago I finished um, his new book Finding My Virginity which is kind of like the last 30 years of his life yeah um, and it's just so he's so good yeah <laughs> he just his does first cool book stuff is incredible. yeah like that was that was probably I think that was the first audiobook I ever got was his first one and I like listening to them because he read the first one and this one, basically his clone read it. Like it's a different name, but it sounds like him. That's awesome. And it, I don't know. I just... Do me a favor so because I love stuff. this story, but yeah. you'll have had it fresh in your head. Tell the fam about how Richard got his first plane. Because I think that is the sickest... I told Jamie this at the airport and he goes, that can't be true. I'm like, it's true, man. Before there was all this regulation and red tape. <laughs> Didn't he lowball Boeing? That was, that was after. That was after. After he bought How'd his, he first, get his plane. first one. So he was at an airport yeah. and they cancelled a flight yeah. and he was young and rich. Yeah. He wanted to get to a specific destination because there was a very attractive lady waiting at he the chartered, other end. Did you charter one? Chartered yeah. his own flight. He yeah. went out the back and just went, I'll buy that plane. <laughs> and he said, Does anyone have a pilot's license? And one bloke went, Yep. And he said, Great, you can fly it. How much is fuel? And the airport charged him an exorbitant amount to fill the plane up. And he goes, Cool, there you go. There's the money. They so went up, they bought a whole bunch of beer they bought a whole bunch of booze they just <laughs> sold like a hundred tickets to people just like at really cheap prices just to pay for the, like the petrol yeah and they said hey come on up let's get pissed and they got up and had a couple of drinks and then they landed at their destination and he said that was pretty fun maybe we could do that yeah. again and then he started going to but Boeing and yeah. <laughs> but that's the cool thing that's the cool thing about like what he's done he's basically gone he's seen each industry and he's just gone okay here's the leaders and they're doing it shit they're not looking after the people yeah. and he does it better it fun. How he's how like and he just does that he's done that in a bunch of industries you know, he, kind of like how Curtis works yeah it was, it's kind of similar yeah um, I think we could do what he did with Virgin Active better but that's yeah a little bit more. Virtus active. Virtus active. Get around it. <laughs> um, but Richard, you, Richard probably, you probably would do it better. You got a little bit more resources. Richard more resources. Virtus active. Yeah, I don't know. He's just someone that's amazing. Someone that like I see, I get to see dated almost day to day. That just like I can't feel sorry for myself or feel like things aren't going great when I see Rye. Like seeing Rye Johnson day in day out. Um, I agree. He just, I don't know, the kid makes me smile and he, the kid makes me really gra- like grateful for everything that I have and to see him smile and um, and to hang out with him and spend time with him is just like something that I love doing. That's um, sick. And I want to, yeah, he just, he centers me, he grounds me. It's good. So Aligns your a, chakras. He's a king of a human. I agree. Let's um, add um, Elon Musk to that list as well. Yeah. Because the muskrat is a freaking <laughs> ledge. Yeah. And Hugh Jackman. 
Huge? Because Huge is pushing this really, really good um, um, men's health thing at the moment where another shout out, here we go, to my boy Josh. Josh has started a Facebook page. I'm going to pull it up before I plug it because I need to make sure that I'm getting this right. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good initiative. Um, anyway, Hugh, Huge Jackman is um, pushing a very similar sort of system, but my boy Josh Kahir is pushing this, uh, here it is, this new initiative called Rewrite the Man Code, and it's about becoming really in touch with you. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, get me up and about huge. Uh, it's about getting in touch with your... <laughs> You're killing my vibe. You don't know what this does to me. It just makes me want to flip a table and put on like a PT Barnum outfit and start singing and being a mad dog. Tam's been putting the uh, Greatest Showman uh, oh, soundtrack on so it. So good. Last, I don't know, forever. Laura and lifted to that last singing. night. Yeah, how did, how did she get it? Oh, she crushed PBs? it. Yeah, of course she crushed it. She'll crush she, it anyway. She hit 90 kilos on a trap bar for a heavy five. Then she did five sets of three at that weight. And then she did five singles while I mixed it in. with. She did 25 reps at 90 kilos. That's almost 100 reps. Animal, bro. Um, anyway, Josh is pushing this this new initiative called Rewriting the Man Code, which is really, really cool. It's about um, changing the way masculinity has been viewed in society for the last trillion years. Yeah. Um, it's along the, the same lines as my modern day or my modern chivalry movement that I never talk about because it's kind of like a thing I'm really self-conscious about. But this Rewrite the Man Code, um, get right around it. I'm a really big fan. You can find that on Facebook. Um, and shout out to Josh. You're an absolute king of a human and you're a brave boy for Good. sticking your neck out there and, and doing all this stuff because I'll be honest, it is very eye-opening to see just how so um, emotionally inept a lot of middle-aged to late-aged males are mm. and they still have a lot of influence on society. I'm uh, And that's scary because they influence the younger generation as well. Coming through, so it's good to have people that have the balls to stick their head out and good. try to rewrite the man code. I guess this is another another coup one. There's two parter. Hey, <laughs> give me your philosophy on leadership. Uh, I think for me, leadership it can be summed up by this great quote. Here's a quote for you, Laura, from Lao Tzu, where he says, "To lead, you must stand behind, because you get." all the perspective uh, without setting a pace the people that can't quite keep up mm. can't manage and that's why the alpha wolf in the pack will walk at the back of the pack because he needs to make sure that everyone's moving at the right speed so the, yep. the five strongest wolves are at the front the alpha's at the back and all the weak young female slow whatever it is they are in the middle good I like that there's a reason for it and that's why it works no, you know your role. No, your no, your role. role. Play your role. Um, <clears throat> I think mine's really similar. Mine's, I think, leadership is empowering the people around you to be able to express their role. Ex- yeah, play their role um, is to be able is to empower them to be able to go that little bit further than what they think they could and achieve either an outcome or a part of a task or um, or an event or whatever, and just achieve so empowering to achieve um but being there f- to support along the way um not necessarily needing to 
manage it or push it, but just let it happen, but be there, to be there. Um, you know, like leadership something that I try and, like I try and work on to be able to give the necessary resources to everyone around me to do what they need to do. Um, second part of Coop's question, what's your philosophy on building relationships with people? Ooh, uh, relationships. That is the, that is the key to life. Mm. You'd be very lonely if you had an inability to create relationships with people. Did you just yep. swallow ink? Oh, no, 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 I bit the end of the pen off. Um, <laughs> good. Carry on. As you were. Uh, building relationships is the single most important or the single most important factor in getting you from A to B because you can't do it all by yourself. So you've got to find people that know how to get there, people that have been there before maybe. But if you don't know how to communicate with these people, uh, you will fall short every single time when you try to get these people in your corner to help you. And that first step comes from being able to communicate with yourself. You need to be honest with yourself at all times and say, here's where I am, here's where I need to be. Here's what's holding me back. Here's where I want to be pushing towards. Here's where I want to improve. When you can really nail these aspects, that's where you can start to take little aspects from that and go, well, I know exactly where I need to go for this per- for this specific thing so I can go to this person and ask for help. Yeah. But if you, if you can't do that, then it's impossible to talk to people and get um, meaningful results from it. So it's kind of just having very vague shallow conversations with people mm. which doesn't get you anywhere it just creates vague and shallow relationships I like that for me it's just <clears throat> giving a fuck <laughs> like give a fuck about the people you're actually trying to connect with swear jar I don't care it's going to ding ding um, I just I think too many people try and network or create relationships or try and um, put themselves in front of people for the wrong reasons and I think if we go into a, like a relationship or we try and connect with someone and don't give like don't care about what we're going to get out of it and actually care about that person then um, you'll end up better off because you have another have a relationship that will help you I guess enrich your life yeah um, that's simple relationships are not about building a team around you it's about connecting yourself with as many different individuals as possible so that you can not only have your beliefs and standards challenged, but so that you can grow from those challenges. If you just spend time with people that you like to spend time with all the time, you get stuck in the echo chamber and then you start to model your beliefs around everyone else's beliefs and you, you're not an individual anymore. You become part of this tribe, which is great. Like tribe, tribalism is awesome, very important. But when you become part of the tribe of people that believe the same thing that you believe, all of a sudden you get stuck in almost a religious um, a religious doctrine that's why um, people in Scientology don't think that Scientology is a cult that's why people that um, are Christian or Catholic believe yep. that their God is the one true God <laughs> but how can there be 16 one true gods like that makes no sense so either 15 other religions are going to have a very very bad experience at the end of their life or everyone is just stuck in their own way of thinking yeah. Um, you have to be able to take a step away from that be very honest with yourself and say look you know someone else has these beliefs for a reason they're allowed to think that but I'm not going to let this person's belief shape me unless it's something that I'm really interested in hearing but Definitely. still I'd love to hear about what you have to say yeah that's cool one of the things that <clears throat> I've started I think I think you're one of the person that annoys but I don't care um, one of the things I've started trying to do 
Um, we talked before about not having enough time for people, like to, oh, I don't have enough time to send that person a message or whatever. One of the things I've started doing is... Um, not having time for people? A quick audio message. You disgrace me. <laughs> um, a quick audio message because I think... <coughs> yeah. Yeah, it annoys you a little bit. It doesn't bit. annoy me. I think it's just funny. Someone, someone was saying, they're like, stop doing it. It might have been Tommy. Anyway. No, it doesn't bother me. Um, I think it's good. I, but it adds I, but, a personal touch. But I think it adds a personal touch, but you actually hear someone's voice. So, like, what's the big issue with text, like reading text? No communication, inflection. right? There's no, there's, what? No, no inflection. inflection. Yeah. You don't know what the, like, what mood the person's in or where they're at, and, like, you can read things the wrong way. And then. Isn't it crazy how you put a full stop at the end of a sentence in a text message and yeah. someone thinks you're angry with them? Mm. My, no, my grammar and diction are fucking on point. Yeah. All right. How dare you, yeah. pal? Um, I've passed your 11 English <laughs> and like I've just now I'm angry <laughs> sending voice messages to, the, to people that I may have not seen in a while or um, people that like it's an e- it's an easier thing if you get used to doing it but I find people are really like taken aback so, like the, they're not expecting it and they're like that was really nice like I really appreciated it and thanks, thanks for going to the time to do it I'm like perfect yeah, it was an efficiency thing mate like it take, takes me less time but then you get get more out of it so yeah. I think a really adding easy, value yeah I think a really easy way just stop with the text and just send uh, send voice messages because you can get your if you, you if it's a message you get your message across a little bit better if it's just a catch up then they get to hear your excitement about how they're going with their lives lives um, yeah yeah we only need more good good for me Coop um, no super questions but we have got these from Case where she wants some myth busting around some oh good around some widespread facts in parentheses about the health, fitness, wellness industry that you would both know to be myths and could break down or debunk for the layman, i.e. listeners like me. I don't think you're a lame man. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Uh, Would be interesting to hear. Good. So I wrote down three of my biggest bugbears just to have a quick breakdown on if you wanted to. If you've got anything you want to add to them as well, more than welcome to. Um... Yeah, let's go, let's just go through yours, and then okay. if any of the ones I'm thinking of are not covered, go through. The it. first one is fat loss and the science behind it. Hit us. Very very frustrating. <laughs> so, uh, I ran the interns through this the other day. Eat loss, move more, surely. That actually helps, but there's why you know where does the fat go? This is why I ask people like, where does the fat go? And they I go, oh, I don't know. You sweat it out or you wee it out. I'm like, no, you don't. So Coming here's up, the here's the challenge for you guys at listening at home. I just want you to take a really deep breath and then hold it <laughs> and then breathe it out. And congratulations, you just got a little bit skinnier because we actually get rid of fat by binding the carbon chains that make fat to oxygen to create carbon dioxide which we expel with breath so that's why exercise that helps get your heart rate up can be quite effective for fat loss but it's not because of the sweat factor it's not even because of the resistance training factor it's because of the breathing factor if you're breathing a little bit more it's giving your body the opportunity to find a little bit more of that free floating carbon attach it to an oxygen molecule and breathe it out but there's a big process that happens along the way You can do things to help supplement this, like changing the way you eat. You can manipulate your energy expenditure. You can incorporate resistance training, or you can just go for a really long run. But there is no fast, um, easy method. There is no magic pill, and there is no best practice when it comes to long-term body composition change. One of the 
most annoying things I hear is I've been told that, you know, Bikram yoga or that uh, endurance running or that like these are the best things for losing fat. But here's where you hear, or here's where you learn these tidbits from. Lockie, you're a yoga instructor <laughs> and I come to you and say, man, I really like your body and I like the way that you sort of handle things. How can, how can you recommend that I lose fat? What do you Probably think? Probably yoga, man. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to start doing all this yoga to, to help me look like you. You go to a surgeon, they're going to say surgery is the best option. You go to a physio, they're going to say rehab is the best option. Of course. So, yeah. You ask a Carry boxer on. and the boxer will tell you, hey, boxing, boxing got me yeah. into shape. They have no scope as, as to whether or not you need or you're, you're competent enough to do yoga or boxing or go for a long run or do a triathlon or lift weights so that's why having a coach is very important because we analyze we screen we assess and we say hey here's where you're currently at and let me progress you to where you want to go um so yeah just crash diets and short term high intense stuff doesn't fucking work yeah plan for the long term yeah i think that's it like <clears throat> I always get asked like I get asked a lot of questions like how many times should I be working out like what's the best time to exercise when should I eat and it's just like okay what what is going to be the time to exercise that's going to be the most efficient for you like when when are you going to be able to, to maintain that consistency like we've got like obviously a big crew at the gym but we got some guys that come to 6am every morning and, and if I tried to get them to come at 6pm after work even though they're most, the most consistent people that we've got they just wouldn't be able to do You'll it throw because, back yeah, exactly so I think understanding who you are and what works for you in terms of time um, in terms of how it works around the rest of your schedule like set yourself up for success um, don't feel as though there's one way to do anything like just because Cam's jack ripped and shredded doesn't necessarily mean that if you do the same things that you're going to get to where you need to get to I appreciate that um, I've, I've really been working on it you're welcome you've noticed but my, awesome. my suggestion would be talk to the people that what do you think about this muscle here though is this big pointing to your bicep no your biceps can't get any bigger no I'm pointing to my pec I know you are think about my big pecs thoughts I've been nah. really scoping them lately. That, you, you've got a bigger jump, bigger top one. What about these muscles here? spoke about this before. BMO. You've, you've actually got a very big BMO. We call um, that the teardrop in the industry. Probably won't, probably won't do an ACL. Nah, sure um, What are we talking about? Oh, talk, talk to the people that have experience and have, you know, qualifications are neither here nor there, but because we could go on a big tangent about that. Um, Podcast 52, I think we did for a bit. Um, but find people that have taking people from point A to point B consistently, regularly, um, efficiently, safely, and talk to them about it. Mm. Um, if it seems like a quick fix or it seems like it's going to happen quick, quicker than you thought it would, then it probably won't. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. It's fair. What else we got? Um, now, this one's a nice one. Why it's, why it's crucial to implement resistance training, particularly for women, when you're looking at improving that health and wellness who doesn't want to be strong strength is awesome just ask everyone about us <laughs> oh, like it's great being strong but why is it crucial well, it's, it's crucial because <clears throat> it teaches your body to be robust and to be able to adapt to whatever life throws at you good we don't need to talk much more than that I, oh, I disagree I'm going to go so deep on this I'm going to go so <laughs> deep on this ladies that was here Wallace is trying to put the handbrake on Cam, Cam <laughs> no, no no um, no 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 I'm just going to step out from one of the one of the biggest one of the biggest resistances I hear from girls in the industry I don't want to lift weights it's going to make me bulky <laughs> girls are we still on that it's oh, we're still on that girls lifting weights doesn't make you bulky pumping human growth hormones into your body training six times a day 
seven days a week and eating 4,000 calories a day is going to make you bulky and you'll, you'll look great if that's what you're into. But here's why lifting weights or resistance training is so important, even at just a foundational level, but particularly for women. When you lift weight, it helps with uh, musculoskeletal health. So there's this, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, Lockie, there's this little thing that goes around and it becomes a little bit more prevalent for women when they get past the age of 50, 55, called osteoporosis and osteoarthritis. See. Osteoporosis is when the bone starts to deteriorate. When we lift weights, we don't just affect the muscle and tear the muscle, we also crack and break the bone. Yep but not in a way that hurts us. But this is important because the body gets sent a stress signal and then that stress signal says, hey, we need to adapt so that this doesn't happen again. We continue to do this and we strengthen the muscle, we strengthen the bone. Osteoarthritis is about the joint. So the joints are held together with tendons and ligaments. When we stress the tendons and ligaments, the same thing happens. It gets a little stress signal and it adapts and it gets stronger. Lifting weights isn't just about picking tin up off the floor and looking like an absolute savage. It's, that's a byproduct. That's a byproduct. It's got so much more in terms of health, particularly for women, because especially in this day and age where um, the the Western cultural diet is starting to get exposed to have a couple of holes in it, that it's, it's a little bit lacking for certain things, and women are being more uh, exposed to more and more deficiencies. It's so much more prevalent. Um, to get your foot in the door early just to start softening or mitigating that risk for later on. I think it's something like one in three. It used to be one in eight, and now it's like one in three or one in five women over the age of 50 will be diagnosed with osteoporosis. That's insane. That's outrageous. That's insane. But it doesn't, That's take, that, 20%. It doesn't take that much, right? Like it just takes <clears throat> one or two sessions. Regular movement, week. Yeah. maybe a couple of strength sessions, like two strength sessions Even just one. a day. A day, a A week. (laughs) No, you'll get bulky. (laughs) Um, But like, it's not. It's every time the muscle contracts, it pulls on the attachment point of the of the um, tendon, which strengthens that part of the muscle, which improves your bone density, which means that you're not going to get brittle bones. And you know, if you do fall over when you're sixty or seventy, then there's a good chance you'll be able to stand straight back up and you won't spend six, 12 weeks getting your, getting your pelvis, pelvis fixed. Um, Here's another cool, interesting fact too. There's been a study in America, my mate, Dr. Andy Gelpin at it again, where foot speed <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. actually has a really cool so foot, indication. Foot speed and lower body strength are the, are the two, um, are the two leading factors for falls. If it's low yeah. then you're going to fall more often because foot speed is your ability to, well, foot speed is really to, if you trip over, move that foot underneath your body to catch catch you before you fall. And from a lower body strength is your ability to absorb the force from that foot movement. Such a cool... And if you can do, like, if you can do both those things, um, you know, how, how like... How Reduces much, your risk yeah. significantly. Like, it's, it's actually been linked to longevity, like yeah. age longevity. Because as soon as falls risk goes down, longevity goes up. Yeah. Because you're less likely to hurt yourself falling yeah. and if you do fall and you're robust and resilient there's a good chance we don't have any issues rather than maybe a little bruise and um, something like that and I think, awesome. yeah your ability to <clears throat> like sit to stand um, your ability to sit stand repetitively is this correl- like correlation with that and longevity as well the more often you can like think about it this way if you're if you're maybe a little bit older or a little bit more overweight and every time you sit down and stand up's harder, do you think you can do it more often or less often? Mm, probably less. Probably less. So if we're able to make that task easier, then everything else in our life gets easier. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a simple one for me and I am 
very much looking forward to being able to get up and down off the toilet like 50 times in a minute when I'm 80. I'm looking forward to out deadlifting all the kids at the gym when I'm 80. What? Yeah. <laughs> like I want to walk in and be the bald grandpa barbarian and go, hey, little bitches, get off my butt. And they go, piss off, old man, I'll lift you for it. And then I have an awesome epic showdown where they think that I'm like Kyrie Irving in makeup, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm you're actually, like they're like trying actually to pull, pull, your, pull, your, pull your face off. And they can hold me down because I'm old, but you know, I'm still strong. Yeah. I'm fair. just strong in the sagittal plane. So, so resilient. I think that's really good. Is there one more? Yes, there is one more. Awesome. Um, why it's crucial not just for people in general but for women to monitor and maintain their minimums. Sorry, say that again. Why it's crucial not just for people but for women to monitor and maintain their minimums. Why is it crucial? I thought you were going to tell me to say it again. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I walked into that one. What what differences would you have between guys and girls? Because it's 2018 and, you know... You know what? I'm so glad you asked, Lachlan. I really am. Hit me. The Fundamental Differences Between Men and Women by Cameron Elliott with two L's and two T's, 2018. <laughs> guys tend to carry less fatty tissue on their bodies inherently. Yep. Guys tend to have denser muscle and bone structure. Guys tend to have... Um, uh, less mobility and more stability. rigid stability through their body. Yes. These factors inherently make males stronger than females. That's not like a, I know, I know. Don't walk out, lock and come back. It's fine. Women He's right there. have less density to their bones and yes. their muscles. They tend to carry a little bit more adipose tissue. Can you guess why they carry a little bit more of that fatty tissue? You tell me. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because they've got all these organs designed to make babies. They tend to carry that adipose tissue are around you, the are you vital. I am assuming all women, all of them, are, there, are born this are way. Born to make babies. Yeah, they, well, they're born with the t- the, the technology. The ability. Not we technology. Have, we have the technology. Te- no, I like it. I like that. We have the technology. <laughs> they're born with this, the programming in their bodies to say, "Hey, we can the do hardware this." Hardware and the software. Is yeah, that's the one. We can do this specific physiological function. So their bodies are tend they have a tendency, especially in winter when it gets cold, to put on a little bit more fat around their belly, their bum, their legs and their shoulders and their arms because that's where all the main points with your arteries start pumping out to your peripherals. Uh, As a result, they tend to be a little bit more mobile, Mm -hmm. particularly around their hips because girls, I don't know if you know this, but when you have a child, your hips are designed to split in half so that the baby can come out. Otherwise, it kind of just runs into a roadblock. Men don't have that problem. So they can't typically do the splits unless they're conditioned from a very young age. But girls are very subtle. As a result, they tend to be a little bit physically weaker than men. That doesn't make them bad people. And it doesn't make men better people because they can do it. It just means that of everyone, course, of course. everyone has a specific role that's born inherent into their physiology. Correct. And that's wonderful. We should we celebrate notice. those differences. Yes. But when we don't respect the physiology that comes with it, mm-hmm. particularly for women, yeah. you can affect things like hormones. Now, I don't care how... Um, empowered you are as a woman how much you want to fight against the oppressive regimes of it doesn't matter you will still have hormonal problems Mm -hmm. which will affect your health and I want you to be healthy into your 90s so that you can stand up for all women's rights because I believe it's a very important topic (laughs) but if you don't look after your body your hormones will go into overdrive. This will affect your menstrual cycle. Mm. This will affect your musculoskeletal health, which we just talked about with osteoporosis, osteoarthritis. This will affect your neuromuscular health. So this will bring on problems like um, dementia, um, Alzheimer's, MND, whatever it is, things that aren't challenging your nervous system. If your body is constantly in overdrive, trying to keep up 
with the things that it's trying to adapt to, which you're not giving it enough of. So yeah. you can you can definitely live off drinking 500 mil of water a day. Yeah. But again, it comes back to that smoker analogy. Just because we, you're not we, coughing yeah. anymore doesn't we, mean it's like good for you. Overdrive is a really important thing to take out of this is because there's stress and, and then adaptation and then stress and adaptation where we're improving and growing and <coughs> becoming more resilient, more robust humans. And then there's overdrive where we're constantly in that stress and yeah. your body doesn't adapt. It just gets worse. It just gets worse. It's just progressive. So look, men are definitely susceptible to this all the time and it affects all of their hormones, but they don't have menstrual cycles. Can you imagine if they did? Mm. They would, we would just be tearing each other's eyes out. But they don't have menstrual cycles, so they can get away with it, but not for long because it catches up to them very, very fast. Um, but with women, it's so much more. It's so much more important, and it's it's questions that I ask the girls that I work with, um, like my clients. Often, I'll ask them regularly, like, when are you due to have a menstrual cycle? Because I do not want you to come into the gym and lift heavy mm. on a week where your ligaments have gone a little bit more lax, or your joints are a little bit more lax. Yeah. You're not holding water, and you're fucking cooked, like you're tired and you're drained. Because then I'm going to put you into a position where I burn you out. Yeah, and that's bad. That's not good for your musculoskeletal health either, which is the thing that you may or may not be coming to see me for. It's not good for your neural health because I'm going to burn you out. I'm going to put you into a state of fatigue that you can't recover from. So these little um, minimums are so important. When you go and do your crash diets, um, your high-intense interval training programs, and you aren't respecting these physiological factors that are there, that are born inherent in your DNA, you can be potentially playing with a time bomb 100% that you're just sort of like passing it around from hand to hand thinking oh well it doesn't matter which hand it blows I just hope it's not my left hand it's not my right it's still going to blow up in your face so we've got to be very mindful that we aren't eventually it'll come back and buy you so much but even for guys as well like I'm a testament to that like I've burned my body out to the point where I've lost all my fucking hair like I've got an autoimmune disease you don't just get an autoimmune disease like that's not something you wake up and go oh shit this happened over a really long period of time I think that's an important one as well like understanding that these things like Injuries, um, autoimmune diseases don't happen by accident. Yeah. Like there's always or straight away. There's all, yeah, or straight away. There's always an underlying cause, and there's always usually um, there's signals and signs from your body that if you are in tune with who, with what your body is telling you, um, you know, sounds kind of hocus pocus, but listen, listen to your body because yeah. it's it will it's way smarter than, than your uh, than your mind and your mind more your mind yeah your brain um, is smarter than your mind your brain yeah your body is way smarter than your ability to comprehend what it's actually trying to tell you yeah that was that was a better way that was a better way um and if we actually listen to it and actually uh pay attention to it we can you know start to fix some of these issues before for before sure they happen. guys and girls if you're driving your fucking car and a red light comes up on the dash I guarantee you pull it over because you don't want to drive but why is it we come to the gym and we go, oh, my shoulder's a bit sore today, but I'll just I'll just train through it. Like That's a red light on the dash, guys. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble going to the toilet because I, I get pain when I go to the toilet, yeah. but it'll clear up in a week. Guys, that's a red light on the dash. Yeah. Oh, I've got pain in my stomach and it wakes me up in the middle of the night. Fuck me, guys. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, we have we're all, all this. But we're all bulletproof to or not. We're all bulletproof to or not. Coach Cam. Ooh. All right. <coughs> we're done with the... Uh, that's pretty much all of them, yeah. Cool. I got a couple. I got a couple more questions from uh, from Jess Rowe, and she won't stop. So we need to quickly answer them. From who? Jess. 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 Jess, Jess Rowe. Jess Rowe. <laughs> Jess yeah. Ryan. I was looking at Mitch Rowe oh, when Ryan. I said it. Jess Ryan. Get around it. Who? Uh, what are? <clears throat> let's let's get these done quick because we've got a call in ten minutes. What are the main values? What are your main values, and how does your coaching align with those values? 
one of my main values. Mm. Um, they're tattooed on my arm, Jess. So if you don't know what they are and you can't speak Japanese, I don't really want to borrow you. Good. Uh, my main values are the main ones. I try to I try to be as respectful to my own process as I can while respecting that others aren't going to necessarily buy into that. So uh, my standards can be quite high, mm-hmm. and I'm very acutely aware of that. But I don't I don't belittle people that don't buy into those. So there's a lot of respect that goes into my day to daily sort of stuff. Um, so respect would be one there's that inherent discipline is the other so I I like to put myself in positions that I'm constantly challenged Uh, not only because it's it helps me grow but it also helps me motivate and inspire the people that I work with Um, which comes back to what we were talking about before you've got that that discipline that motivation that inspiration so you know it's selfish in a way but I work hard and I train um to achieve a goal so that I can help my clients see that not only do I talk the talk, but I walk the walk okay. and that it's very, very possible for them to achieve their goals as well. Uh, and I, actually you know, the third one would be just to be a little bit selfish as well and, and take that time to progress you, fill your cup so that uh, you can serve others from it. Her next question was, why is it important to give yourself to give to yourself and oh, what, what I, are the things you do to do it I couldn't answer that question <laughs> uh, it's yeah it's, it's having that selfishness it's selfish isn't a bad word no. um, yeah you, you need to fill from your cup before you fill everyone else's there's a reason why when the gas mask or the air masks come down in a plane you put yours on first mm. um, it's the same when you're having a tough week and you know you've got a big weekend ahead sometimes you've just got to make the call and say I think I'm going to stay in yeah uh, and I'm a, I'm a big advocate for it. I, I do it almost every weekend now where I'm working my ass off in the week to serve everyone else and I just need you know that, that day to deload or reload with um, with me. So uh, it's it's crucial. Good. It's so crucial. Um, my values are pretty similar, I guess, like just connection with <clears throat> not only the people I'm doing, I'm connecting with, but what I'm doing. So connecting with this mic and you and being in this environment or whether it's going for a walk or whether it's training myself or playing footy or whatever <clears throat> loving what I'm doing so like I am very fortunate to enjoy the majority of what I spend my life doing it's good. Um, and love the people I'm doing it with um, it's even gooder yeah it's good gooder um, I guess <clears throat> I don't know if it's a value but to always be like um, hunting progress always be looking for ways to improve whether it be uh, the way I communicate with people, the way I lead, the way we treat our clients of Virtus or just little things what I'm learning and just have fun. Yeah. Like, I just want to have fun Smile. with all the shit that I do. Um, and it's important for me to give to myself because I know how it feels when I'm not. Um, We've got two more questions. What's the number one thing you want to see more of in people? The number one thing I want to see more of? I'm sure I answered this on my fucking Possibly. Podcast. That was one of my kindness. Kindness, kindness is my favourite. Um, no, okay. You know what? Let's change. Let's change the uh, the dynamic up. I want to see a little bit more. Uh, what's the word? Not consistency. If you're going to talk the talk, walk the walk. I want to see people step up, uh, put their money where their mouth is, because there's a lot of dogs out there that have a bark but they can't bite, and it pisses me off a lot. 
and it's pro- well, I'm sure that people see it in their worlds all the time, but in my in the industry where in I see it heaps. Yeah, I see it heaps in coaches that have no experience coaching, no experience running a business, become business coaches mm-hmm. that try to teach coaches how to generate clients so that they can coach more but the coaches that they're trying to sell to have no coaching experience so you're perpetuating the problem that I hate in the industry where we have no coaching experience trying to coach people and then you have some guy come along and say hey young whippersnapper let me get you even busier and then that whippersnapper says fucking oath let's do it and neither coach knows how to coach we've just got one guy that knows how to sell and that guy knows how to sell because he's learned from like a, a business guy that's taught him how to sell who doesn't know how to coach because he's yeah. not a coach. That would be my number one pet peeve is, yeah. you know, if you're going to be a coach, then hey, take the, take the time. Yeah. Even if it's just a, a whole year or two years full time, do it five days a week, six, seven hours a day and coach and get real fucking good at it because you know who does that? Mitch. Yeah. And he's fucking good at it. Get around him. He's fucking good at it. And that's because he spent the last two years coaching. Body earth. He's a good coach. It's good. But there are so many coaches out there that are just like, oh, you know, yeah, I've been coaching for five years. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, just do it part-time, like two days a week. <laughs> How long have you been doing part-time for? Oh, you know, since I started, it's, you know, it's kind of like not a job for me. So not buying fully, yeah. buying into what they're doing. So you're not a coach. Yeah. Like a coach isn't a part-time job. It's a full-time job. Yeah. 100%. Even if you've only got one client, it's a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah put your money where your mouth is guys like that's why I love like Tommy and Sam and Hogs like they're coffee guys that's yeah. what they do they're coffee yeah. guys and, and Snakehole Boys they're graphic designers that's what mm. they fucking do like they live and breathe that stuff I have so much respect for people that they just identify with what they are but they're open to everything else they sit there and go we're, we're coffee mm. but I like common folk guys because they can sit there and go, yeah, we'll try a broccoli latte <laughs> because it's still coffee, you know, but they can sit there and go, well, why not? Like sell it. <laughs> yeah. No, all right. I like that. Uh, what's my number one thing? I think, well, that's all we got time for. Thanks so much guys. Gaining legs is gaining traction. Just gratitude, just appreciation for what you actually have and not worrying about what you don't. Mm. Um, speaking of gratitude, Jess's last question. What am I grateful for? What are you most thankful for about each other? That's pretty cute. Just for the opportunity to, to come to work and do something I love every day. Um, and here's a shout out to Tiff Toombs, who, Ding. fair chance she'll never listen to this episode, but if she ever does, she was the one that said, you should really meet Lockie and Jess. Mm, and yeah. then, you know, we had a chat on Facebook and then we went and had lunch at the rocks and you had the ghost pepper squid and <laughs> Jesse had the ghost pepper squid and I had the ghost pepper squid and it was really good they don't have it anymore on the menu I uh, know and it's devastating green tea squid yuck um, no I'm not interested thanks no, very much but you know having that opportunity to meet you guys because I didn't have the qualifications or well, I have a, I have a coaching qualification I can coach but I didn't have the bachelor's degree and having the ability to sit down with someone and say this is me I really love an opportunity let me show you that I'm quite good at what I do that meant more to me than um, like I can ever explain because I've always been told when I hand a resume like we'd love someone with more experience (laughs) that's the biggest paradox ever how the fuck am I supposed to get more experience if you want to give me experience so yeah you guys um, 
really gave me a chance and obviously Jesse's not here so I can't tell him what I'm grateful about but I can tell you that it's the same thing it's just catch up for a, with him for a coffee I reckon oh I messaged him I messaged him for his birthday I'm like let's get a beer and then he doesn't tell me when he wants to get a beer oh, we'll catch up I'm off him <laughs> no I'm not really I love him. Um, I love my shampoo buddy my, I think mine for you is just just the the loyalty that you've shown over the Go. last couple of years like it's just just <laughs> Just you've all, like you've been a constant. You've been a pain sometimes. You've been amazing other times. Um, you're a lot more consistent now, which is fucking awesome. Totally. Like just like you've just been there and you haven't like you've supported what we're trying to do every single day you've come in and you're making other you you make everyone around you better. And I appreciate it. Oh, I try my best. Thanks, mate. Let's do a handshake so that everyone at home can watch. Nice. Really good. good. <laughs> really good handshake. <laughs> Shit. Thanks for listening, team. If you uh, enjoyed this format of the podcast, uh, yell out. Uh, we could probably do a bunch more. Anyway. Yeah. Let's but just do. We could just do a little like stingers. Stingers. Like the stinger. 15, 20 minute minute versus stingers, where we just answer questions or pick apart bugbears. Bugbear is probably my new favorite word, by bug the way. Bear? Oh my goodness. What's a bugbear? It's something that like bothers you. But why is it called a bugbear? I don't know, and I love it. Because it bugs you and you can't bear it? I guess. I freaking love it, bugbear. I think it's sick. I can just, I think of like a half bear, half bug. Like a, <laughs> like a, what like kind a, of bug? Like oh. a bear with praying mantis hands and, and like big mandibles oh, just... instead of like a maxilla and stuff. Like a cockroach running around with a bear head. Oh, <laughs> that'd be amazing. It's All like right. a Rick and Morty episode. On that note, we're done. Copy that. <laughs>